0: In 2010, when the price of Bitcoin was $0.06, you could buy a cup of coffee with 50 Bitcoin for about 3 bucks. That same cup of coffee today would cost you about $2 million. Welcome, everybody, to Understanding the Power of Money, what everyone needs to know about money but are too afraid to ask. I'm Amit Chopra, a certified financial planner, and I'm here to show you just how powerful money really is. So back in 2010, when I was getting ready to ask my wife to marry me, I remember somebody telling me that you can buy a cup of coffee with Bitcoin. It was going to be the first time you could transact with Bitcoin. It was Bitcoin at that time, I think was worth about six cents. So 50 Bitcoin got you a cup of coffee, right? Like three bucks. All right. Not bad. That same cup of coffee today would have cost you about $2 million. Well, if that made your, your, you cringe a little bit, I cringe too. So it makes me cringe when I hear Bitcoin called a store of value, because how can something be a store of value when seven years later, what was worth $3 is worth 2 million? Couldn't it go the other way? But before we get into that, let's try and figure out what is Bitcoin exactly, right? And what is cryptocurrency overall? And then we gotta ask ourselves, what technology is cryptocurrency based on? So what is cryptocurrency? Really, straight, really straightforward. It's a digital currency that you can use to buy goods or services. They can be traded uh, for profit, and it operates using blockchain technology. Really easily put, it's internet cash. That's not traceable. Uh, just like the guy who cleans my gutters wants to be paid in cash. It's a transaction that is recorded on blockchain, and I'll get into that in a moment. But it's not traceable. So uh, you'll hear it a lot about how people think that cryptocurrency is used for uh, illegal transactions on the internet. And maybe in in its infancy it was. But now it's making its way into mainstream as more of an actual currency. So what's blockchain then? Well, blockchain very simply is a ledger that's open to anybody and once information is recorded on the chain it's impossible to, to to delete and instead of that ledger being centrally controlled just like a bank has a ledger of transactions and the bank controls that ledger instead of it being centrally controlled it's decentralized and it's maintained by individuals around the world they reco- they're, they are rewarded for maintaining the chain by getting bitcoin that's what mining for bitcoin is but you have a bit of a dilemma that blockchain that blockchain helps to solve. So take the Byzantine general dilemma. There's four generals, they're surrounding four walls of a castle. They all have their each have their army with them, but they have to coordinate when to attack. If one of them deviates from the plan, everyone's going to die. But the problem is no one trusts each other. Kind of similar to us on the internet, right? We want to be able to exchange ideas and goods and services for value, such as money or, blo- or or cryptocurrency, but we don't actually trust anyone on the internet. Even if you don't trust the other people, if you use blockchain, you can because everything is recorded. So think about those same Byzantine generals. If they had to put their battle plans onto onto the blockchain, and each the other three uh, knew, or each of them knew what the other three were doing every single second. Well, then there's very little risk of them deviating from their plan. So that is very that is the idea of blockchain. That was why blockchain could be created was a decentralized way or a decentralized ledger of transactions. So how does the history of crypto and blockchain play into what's happening right now? Uh, simply put, it doesn't. What we have right now is speculation. We have trading. Uh, It reminds me a lot of 2006, 2007, 2008, uh, and even before that, when people were buying houses simply because they knew that somebody would buy it from them higher a little later on in the future. So, right now, what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of trading in, in cryptocurrency. And what makes it worse for all of us listening to this today is I bet you your babysitter or your dry cleaner or the person who shines your shoes, who knows, has told you about some sort of crypto uh, play that they've made or some sort of trade that they've made. Maybe they talked to you about GameStop or AMC, who knows. But right now, we're inundated with this information of people are making all this money. One, it's few and far between. Uh, Your dry cleaner, if he made so much money, he probably wouldn't, Come to work at 6 a.m. every day if you didn't have to. Uh, So take everything you hear with a grain of salt. But more importantly, what you have to remember is something that I remember my father used to tell me when I I would go to a casino. So I went to school up north in New New York near uh, Montreal where there's a casino. And he always used to tell me that even if you win, the casino always gets the money back because winners are going to stay at the table. And eventually, you donate that money right back to them. The same goes for day trading. The same goes for people who are trying to buy and sell Bitcoin overall. Eventually, if you stay in the game for long enough, you donate that money back to the market. And that's inherently part of why crypto is a bad store of value. No speculative investment can actually be a store of value. Nothing that moves with, with such volatility can be a store of value. It's the reason why we put money into precious metals, gold and silver, because it has it has a functional purpose. That's what we believe. Although gold has very little functional purpose, um, but it has a it has a store of value because people have faith in it. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency hasn't gotten to that point yet. It's still a speculation. Still a speculative investment. So, it is not okay to concentrate all your wealth into crypto, it is not okay to try and YOLO all your money because you heard about a 19 year old millionaire on the news. Uh, Those people are few and far between. So what's the functional use? Will crypto change how we do business going forward? What are we actually going to use cryptocurrency and blockchain for? Well, that can be answered in a sort of easy answer people are going to use blockchain and crypto to try and take a step back from the overall creepy nature of oversight. And you know what? It's not government oversight anymore, although that's a thing. Co- coming out of COVID, we we obviously have seen uh, a lot of people push back on wearing masks or, or really anything, not for any other reason, but the feeling that it is government oversight. But People are tired of the creepy nature of advertising and privacy issues. If you have an Amazon Alexa or an Echo or an Alexa device in your home, it's listening to you. It's listening to what you're talking about so it can advertise products to you that it's heard you talk about. That's creepy. That's super creepy. People want more anonymity. And that was the idea of crypto, untraceable transactions that are still recorded on the chain. Well, there's a problem. The problem is that people are using Coinbase and other uh, and other bank-type uh, uh, holding systems to trade and hold their crypto. That defeats the whole purpose. A digital wallet is what you need to hold your crypto, right? but a digital wallet is not tied to Coinbase. A digital wallet is hard to trade in. It's meant for you to buy cryptocurrencies and hold them. If you are a crypto holder, uh, there is an acronym for that, H-O-D-L, HODL hold on for dear life. Those people put their crypto into uh, actual digital wallets that they've created and only they have the password to. When you use places like Coinbase or Mount Gox, places like that, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. Though the, the whole point of crypto was to avoid places like that. Mt. Gox got hacked and $473 million of crypto disappeared. 530 million disappeared from Coincheck. So when you keep your crypto inside of Coinbase, what it really shows is the desire to trade it. And that's okay, right? I'm, I'm one of the few advisors who is going to tell my clients, I want you to own crypto. If that's what you want, you should do it. You should own it on your own. I'll help you buy it. I'll help you create a digital wallet. I can walk you through all of it. It's not meant for a managed portfolio and it's not meant for your, your safe money, but you know, enjoying the gamble of, of of owning it, that is absolutely fine. But, right, owning it inside of Coinbase, that doesn't make any sense unless you plan on trading it. If you're owning crypto as the idea of a decentralized currency, because you believe that, right, the dollar or other currencies are going to have weakness as time goes on, a digital wallet is the key to where you hold it. And people think it's crazy, a digital wallet, why would I ever do that? My father used to own a pharmacy. And, uh, for whatever reason, this is in the eighties, he had cash and he used to write down the serial number of the cash. And I used to think he was crazy. I, like, really? I thought he was crazy until we had a fire in our house. And then he went to his insurance company and he said, Hey guys, I had all this cash in the house. Here are the serial numbers of the bills that I had. And it worked. He insur- the insurance company gave him back that money. It was insane. But right. Cash is traceable. Bitcoin, you get a lot more anonymity from, but that anonymity only comes if you keep it anonymous, if you keep it away from a Coinbase, right? When you sign up for Coinbase, they ask you for a lot of information. They have that information now that defeats the purpose of why you own crypto. So a digital wallet is the way to hold it. Is it going to work as a currency going forward? It might, right? But if it's going to, you need to own it the right way. And when you do own it, it needs to be inside of something that you're going to own for the long term and is not for your safe money. So enjoy the fun of owning cryptocurrency. Enjoy the fun of being able to trade it and speak about it and research it. But don't hang your hopes of future wealth on the value of cryptocurrency. Check in in another two weeks. With our next podcast, we're going to talk about questions you should be asking your financial advisor. And I promise you, one of those questions pertains to crypto because all advisors should be talking to their clients about it, all advisors should have knowledge about it, and should be able to use it as part of your portfolio, because it is here to stay. If building wealth is important to you, then you need a plan. And your relationship with your financial advisor can make or break that plan. Click our website link below to get to know us better and start building that relationship now.